Alrighty, hi team and welcome back to another episode of Toe the Line. We are on episode 8 today, which I feel like I say that's crazy every single week now. But I, yeah, I just can't believe we're on episode 8. Oh, that is crazy and I'm going to keep saying it because it is crazy. But anyway, hello, welcome back to Toe the Line. I hope you've all had a great week. I hope you have been taking care of yourself. Um, What a weekend of rugby it was holy hecka um we are more we are so at the pointy end of the rugby world cup now which is like just crazy to me I really can't believe that we're here like the quarterfinals have just been and it's just crazy um unless you've been living under a rock then I am sure you'll know that the All Blacks get Ireland and um, I don't know the final score of the South Africa and France game because it is still underway I'm hoping that um, before this episode before I finish recording this episode sorry that that final score will be in but yeah what a crazy weekend it's been so at the moment we've got um I'm getting way too ahead of myself at the moment we've got uh Argentina All Blacks uh England and either France or South Africa in the semi-finals which yeah like I said crazy crazy stuff which yeah I can't believe we're nearly at the end like what am I supposed to do with my life after the World Cup is over this is the real question Um, but yeah, I hope you've had a great week, guys. I hope you are keeping well. I hope you're taking care of yourselves and um, just living your best life. But anyway, what do we do? What do we do at the start of the episode, team? We do question of the week. My question of the week this week was, I just wanted to know your guys' thoughts, feelings, and opinions on the All Blacks versus Ireland game. And... I got so many responses, so, so, so many responses, I'm only going to pick out a few because we were all pretty excited, but um, yeah, so question of the week what this week was, what were your thoughts, feelings and opinions on the All Blacks vs Ireland game, first answer I got was OMFG, that was one quarter final for the masses, I was worried throughout the whole match the Irish were right up our asses. <laughs> yeah, they were. They a hundred percent were. Um, in those we're gonna get into it, but in those closing minutes and when Ireland were kind of go they got up to nearly thirty or forty phases in that last gate like play um before the final whistle and I felt sick. I was I was sitting on the edge of the couch, I was holding my stomach, I was doing some deep breaths, I could, I nearly couldn't look, I nearly was just like this with my hands, like covering my face, because it was just such an intense end to the game, that it finished how it started, because that those opening phases from the All Blacks, we went through about 30 or so phases, and it just ended how it started, which I thought was interesting but yeah what uh, yeah <laughs> I don't even know what was that it was a crazy game um next response we got was um if Ireland couldn't pull that off with two yellow cards and a penalty try for the ABs then the right team won I would t- I would tend to agree with that one I yeah I th- I mean yeah I agree <laughs> I don't know I thought Ireland play played really well regardless I and like I said, we're going to get into it, but I was really not shocked that we won, but I was a little bit surprised because our discipline wasn't like the best it could be. And we did have those two yellow cards and a lot of things were stacked against us, but um, I'm just really happy that the boys could pull through. Um, Artie, 
so next response for what were your thoughts, feelings and opinions on the All Glitch This Ireland game. I got, we got Artie for PM and Sam Kane. Sorry, Artie for PM and Sam Kane impressive after less than average build up, but so pumped after that my heart rate and blood pressure returned to normal. Um, they've also said I don't understand why we kicked away position with time on the clock, especially when gaining meters. This is the one thing right at the end when Aaron Smith kicked that ball away when we were gaining meters, right at the end, and then Ireland took it into those thirty or forty phases. I went like this with my head. <laughs> like oh my god are you joking why would you do that and I was talking so my dad and I went for a walk after and I was talking to him about it and I was like I think he just must have gone to instinct he must have just he just must not have thought about it because if he had thought about it in that moment he would have been like maybe not the best idea to to kick it away Right when we've got like, I mean, at that point they had maybe like three minutes left on the clock. Ireland could have easily scored in that time and they nearly did, which would have cost us the game. But yeah, it was just, oh, when he kicked it away, I was like, no, I was like, please don't do that again. Don't do that again. Please don't. Because it was just too much for my little heart rate and little brain to handle. I, yeah, when he, when Aaron Smith did that, I was like, oh dear Lord, Jesus, take the wheel. But <laughs> luckily, um, Sam Whitelock came in with that game-saving turnover and all was good and well in the world, at least for New Zealanders and the All Blacks. Um, that game was worthy of being a final, so good to watch. Elation, sense of relief, that was a quarterfinal going to go down for the ages ahead, all the drama. And then last one for... Last one for what were your thoughts, feelings and opinions on the All Blacks vs Ireland game. All Blacks worked well as a team, but discipline almost let us down. Yeah, 100%. We we were very close to not winning that. Um, like I said right at the end there, um, Aaron Smith kicking that ball away was definitely, not, not that it was to, anything to do with discipline. I just think that was probably the wrong thing for him to do in that moment. Um in terms of the discipline, I think those two yellow cards, I I had this opinion that if that had been any other quarterfinal and a team had got two yellow cards, they wouldn't have won that game. So again, it makes me really impressed, I guess you could say, by the All Blacks that they had two yellow cards and they were still able to win the game, especially against a side like Ireland, who are number one in the world currently and have been playing so well and they were on that like 17-18 game winning streak and yeah I don't know it was a very close call there at the end for sure um we also have never been so nervous during a game since (laughs) (laughs) let me start again Never been so nervous during a rugby game since the 2015 Super Super Rugby Final up to the Landers. That's definitely a Highlander supporter, obviously. Um, And then, unreal performance. This is the last one here. Unreal performance from the lads and a true test match. So good to stick it to all the haters. Was also surprised by their game plan. Looked to purposely keep it real simple on attack. And I replied to this comment and I said, yeah, I definitely agree with you. And like I was saying in last week's episode about how we had to go in with a different game plan in order to win this game because teams like Ireland, I think, I've said this before, I think Ireland are one of the smartest teams in world rugby at the moment and there's just no way that they wouldn't have researched our game right down to the very, like, very, like, smallest points of our game 
in order to find out what we we're going to do. And so I think from I think from the game plan perspective, I think the attack, because it was simple, it maybe caught the Irish off guard a little bit. There were little moments of like brilliance in that game. Like for example, when Bowden Barrett did that small little kick over the top and then collected it back up. He got nailed, but that play from Bowden Barrett really set up a spectacular try. Um, little moments from Will Jordan, like I think just the, I think the backs were on last night as well, and um, and then yesterday morning, sorry, and yeah, I just I just think all in all, apart from the two yellow cards and the small issues with discipline. I think we played so, so well, and I'm just so happy that the All Blacks got the win. All right, so that was the question of the week. Um, so I want to jump into reviewing the Rugby World Cup quarterfinals. So the first quarterfinal, we had Wales and Argentina. I was pretty convinced that, sorry, I was pretty convinced that Wales would win that game. I couldn't tell you why. I just thought they were playing really well, and Argentina hadn't been playing so so well so I was like you know and dad said to me um before that game he was like if the RGs play well then they'll win um but I just hadn't really seen them playing too well so I was like yeah Wales clearly had a good chance but the full-time score was 29-17 to Argentina um and the halftime score was 10-6 to Wales so Argentina definitely had a really good second half that one I think yeah, I just I can't, I'm quite gutted for the Wales, for Wales actually, and um, I I mean to be fair, they did really well in this World Cup, but yeah, totally gutted for them. Um, um, Argentina got you know that late penalty like right on full time, and yeah, I don't know like what else to say. It was just like a really I'm kind of depresso a little bit about Wales not winning. I don't know why. I don't really I don't really have like I don't lean towards either team really but yeah for some reason I'm just like super sad that Wales didn't make it um any further but um I want to move on to the game of the weekend for me well two of the I've I had two games of the weekend but obviously my first game of the weekend was Ireland and New Zealand full-time score 24-28 to New Zealand I feel like we all just need to take a collective deep breath after that one because what a game it was. That is what finals footy is all about. And let me tell you, I now that I know now that I know the full score, I just want to watch the game again because it was such a good game. But watching it live, oh my god, when I tell you my fists were clenched like this. It's <laughs> like, oh my god, like I could I could like see the nail my nail indents into my like palms because I was clenching my fists so hard and like doing this with my hands. Like it was I could see the whites of my knuckles because I was just so nervous. But um let's start right from the top. I wanna start from like the hucker before the game even started you could hardly hear the hucker because the crowd was just so loud though those Irish supporters like you could hardly see a black shirt in that arena or in the stands like it was a sea of green and I mean hats off to the Irish because they know how they know how to support their team and I, I thought I just thought it was really cool um the start of the game was a little bit messy for the All Blacks. There were two loose passes in the first minute by the ABs and a pretty shit kick by Geordie Garrett. Um, yeah, super untidy in those opening um, minutes, like those very early minutes, like I want to say within the first three minutes. But they seemed to collect 
their kind of thoughts and collect their game. And um, straight after that, they went and took that 30 phases um, and the Irish defence was something else on those 30 phases. Like we, the All Blacks were just throwing everything at that defence line by the Irish. And, you know, we were going phase after phase and it got up to about 20 phases. And I was like, what? (laughs) I like was like breathing. Like I was trying to like get my pulse or something because I was like what is going on here like this defense is just insane and to open a game with so many phases or like have so many phases in opening minutes like that would have just like hammered them they would have been so tired and I think um yeah I just think from those opening 30 phases I was like yeah this is gonna be an intense game um three points on the board by Moanga seven minutes in after a penalty conceded by the Irish in those kind of last few phases in those 30 phases um, and then the second line out for the Irish was really good but the All Blacks forced a penalty and went for the goal again and Barrett got another three just before 15 minutes in to make it 6-0. Bowden Barrett uh, <laughs> yeah I've got on my notes Bowden Barrett take a bloody guard because that little over the top kick then the recycle then the try from Leicester Thang Anuku Holy crap, the All Blacks we know and love. Like, that is that sort of play from the All Blacks is the All Blacks we know and love, in my opinion. I just think, like I said before I got into this, that those kind of little moments of brilliance from the All Blacks, I think, is what we know and love from that side. Like, historically, I feel like those little moments of brilliance are so on like are so key for the All Black side and I think um yeah that over the top kick from Bowden Garrett the recycle and then getting it out to Leicester on the wing oh like chef's kiss it was just so such a good game uh, sorry game such a good play to watch and yeah I just think oh what a what a play that was it was I I could watch that try over and over again because it was so good um Bundy Aki then got Ireland's first try and how our defence didn't tackle him is the on me. That Bundy has been that Bundy, sorry, has been the form player of the tournament. So good on him in my opinion. Um obviously him being player of the tournament is just my opinion. It'd be I think do they have a rugby world cup player of the tournament? I don't know, but I think they should because I think it would be Gundy. Um, he's just been insane. He's on another level. But, um, yeah, he got Ireland's first try. And um, the the defence on our end was a little bit concerning because he just seemed to go through about three or four holes, <laughs> which uh, was interesting. But, anyway, we move on. Try number two for the All Blacks was by Sabia after a 50-22 line-out. Um, so that was really good. And then Aaron Smith got yellow carded with about four minutes of play in the first 40 for a deliberate knock-on. Was it controversial? Yes. That yellow card, in my opinion, was pretty controversial. And looking at the comments after the game and seeing people talk about that yellow card, obviously it happens. You can't change it. You've got to move on. They can't overturn a yellow card after the game's done. Like, it's been and gone. Let's all get over it. Everything worked out and it's fine. <laughs> but <laughs> I think... Um, I think if the score had been different and the All Blacks had lost, I think there would have been a lot more people talking about that Aaron Smith yellow card and how probably unfair it was because I think it was pretty unfair. I don't think it was a deliberate knock-on. I think... Anyway, I'm not getting into it. Moving on. (laughs) 
Um, Irish scored off a line out from five metres out. Janison Gibson Park was the try scorer. Half time, the score was 17 18 to the All Blacks. So the first half was tight, it was close. And yeah, what else can I say? Like, it was a really good first half. And I think. I think people were glad the first half was over, but then also scared about the second half because with one point in it and both teams kind of playing pretty level, I think it, I think it was always going to be a tough second half, no matter what side you were. Um, Jordan, sco- sorry, Will Jordan scored first for the All Blacks in the second half, about twelve minutes in off a liner, and what a run it was by Will. Um, I can't put any of the video up because it keeps getting copyrighted by World Rugby, but um just if you go and watch the highlights and see that try by Will Jordan oh my god what he like he has just got to be one of our form players at the moment he can make something out of nothing in my opinion and it's really cool to watch um there's a penalty try for Ireland in the 63rd minute and this is where I started to panic because discipline Discipline for the All Blacks has been the Achilles heel for the All Blacks, this kind of Rugby World Cup and leading into the Rugby World Cup. And so when Ireland got that penalty try in the 63rd minute, I kind of looked over at Dad and he was just staring at the TV (laughs) and he looked stressed. And I was like, yeah, I am stressed too and I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do here. Like, what is going to happen? But yeah, with that penalty try in the 63rd minute, I was starting to sweat my hands. I was starting to get clammy. I was like, oh dear what are we doing, um, what is happening, we need to get this sorted, but, um, fear not, because the game kept going, <laughs> um, and a second yellow card for the All Blacks, this time for Cody Taylor, and then Geordie Barrett got a penalty goal just outside the last 10 of the game, um, the game ended how it started, like I said, this time Ireland went through nearly 40 phases into overtime, and it was Sam Whitelock who turned over and saved the game for the All Blacks, because if, I don't, if Sam Whitelock haven't, hadn't had turned that Sorry, if Sam Whitelock hadn't turned that ball over in the um in like the forty phases, then I really think Ireland would have won because, you know, they were tiring down our defence line. We were getting a bit messy. Um, but yeah, and so in the end the All Blacks won 28-24 and they are into the semifinals against Argentina next week, which we will be previewing later in the episode. Um, but how we won that is insane because I just think we had everything stacked against us. We had the two yellow cards. Um, we had the penalty try for Ireland. Um, our discipline was starting to get a little bit shaky, especially in that second half. Um, you know, all those things stacked up, especially in a quarter final. I think, like I said, any other team probably would have lost, but somehow the All Blacks managed to, managed to, like, stay in the game and hold their ground and yeah I just don't I'm still a little bit surprised and shocked that we won but I'm so happy that we won I'm so happy that we're into the semis and we're playing Argentina next week which arguably is a bit of a easier game than Ireland so I'm hoping that that we can really play well. Um, moving on to England and Fiji England won 30-24 um, but I didn't, so I didn't watch the England and Fiji game, but I know that Fiji were winning from the majority of the game, and then England brought it back in the kind of closing minutes of the game, I believe. Um, yeah, half time the score was 
Oh no, sorry, that's a lie. Halftime score was twenty-one ten to England, um, and they got England didn't get any tries in the um, England didn't get any tries. Sorry, in the second half they got some penalties in the fifty-fourth and seventy-eighth minute, but it was Fiji who kind of got the two tries in the. It was Fiji who got the two tries. Sorry, in the. In the second half, and then the two conversions, and yeah, and then gutted for Fiji because that would have been epic. But in saying that, they have played so well this tournament, and people say that they had an easy pull and all that. But at the end of the day, you just got to make the best of the situation that you're given. And Fiji did that; they deserved to be in that quarterfinal. I'm sad they didn't make semis, but now it's going to be in England and either France or South Africa semi-final, which will always be. A juicy one I think but yeah we'll see currently um, the France and South Africa game the score is currently 25-19 to France oh juicy um, yeah that's so juicy maybe I will try and finish this episode really quickly and watch the last kind of closing minutes of that game um but yeah, so that was the Rugby World Cup quarterfinals. Now kind of taking a break. Oh, well, actually, we're not going to be taking a break just yet. But headlines from around the world are going to go into. And the first headline I have is actually about the Rugby World Cup. And um, I'm not sure if you guys would have seen, but Yako Piper, um, had, who was the uh, referee for the Wales and... Wales and Argentina game, he actually got injured and had to get replaced uh, by a different referee. And the opinion piece I have here is Warren Gatlin says Wales were thrown off by referee replacement and Plumpkin is lost. Can I speak? Oh my God. Um, So Wales coach Warren Gatlin has admitted his side were set back by a refereeing switch after Yako Piper's calf injury in the Rugby World Cup quarterfinal in Marseille. The experienced South African whistleblower had to hobble off after blowing his calf in the first quarter at Marseille on Saturday, Sunday New Zealand time, and was replaced by assistant referee Carl Dixon. Wales had just taken a 7-0 lead at the time of Piper's injury. When asked at the post-match press conference whether the switch had affected the Welsh players, Gatlin said, absolutely. It does throw you off. We were comfortable with Yako Piper and the relationship that we had with him in terms of his control of the game. It's nothing against Carl, but but you do a lot of analysis through what referees tend to be tough on and what they're looking for. We hadn't really prepared for the change. Sometimes that happens in the game. Piper pulled up lane while trying to keep pace with the Wales breakout leading to a 14th minute try to Dan Bigger. Uh, my calf is gone, Piper said on the TV audio. I couldn't keep up with play there. We're going to have to change referee. Give it over to Carl Dixon here. Um, Dixon, Dixon, an English referee and former professional halfback, came on in Piper's place and exerted masterful control of a game won 29-17 by Argentina. He had some difficult decisions to make including a late first half call on a penalty against Wales wing on a sorry on a penalty against Wales wing Josh Adams for an off the ball tackle that led to a nilly. Um so yeah that was interesting. I don't I don't think Warren like Warren Gatlin was blaming the 
referee change for their loss by any means but I think he was just being honest and I think sometimes people take that the wrong way but now taking a break from rugby and we're going to get into some other headlines from around the world um New Zealand sixth after Thursday of Spain Sail Grand Prix. Uh, New Zealand are sixth after a challenging Thursday of the Spain Sail Grand Prix in Cadiz. The Kiwis finished fourth, fifth and eighth in the first three fleet races of the weekend, picking up 16 event points. Australia lead the fleet heading into day two with 25 points, with Denmark close behind with 24 points. Hometown favourite Spain sit third with 23 points. It was not the start New Zealand were hoping for after the team's five-week forced hiatus from racing, said Peter, said, sorry, said driver Peter Burling. Um, we definitely had a pretty tough day where we never quite found our groove fully. Um, we were right in the pack for most of the day and found it really hard to find good lanes. There were a few things thrown at us too, including not having our starting screen working in race one and not being fully prepared for five for five up sailing either, which is our bad. It's our Thursday racing in a while, so we can go away, tidy that up, and come out swinging tomorrow. Race one marked a stunning hometown debut for Los Galos, the Spain Sail GP team, who came out firing to finish a clear 19 seconds ahead of the rest of the fleet. Uh, so yeah, I'm not sure if you guys, if any of you who are listening or like watching right now, are into the Sail GP, but I really enjoyed it enjoy it especially after the last two America's Cups I really got into America's Cup I think it's really cool and um I just love seeing our Kiwis do well but um yeah super exciting um I now want to go into women's rugby a little bit and talk about the WXD tournament what is the WXD tournament Black Ferns will take you take Black Ferns will take on the world's best on our doorstep again it's an opinion piece as well um so thankfully so what is WXD rugby fans I've spoken to didn't even know a mini world cup on himself was just about to start not surprising with the all blacks dominating eyeballs from France the competition brings together the top six teams in the world it's damn fine rugby too forget the relentless kicking of the men's uh, iteration this game is all about speed finesse and big tackles and tickets start at just ten dollars What's not to love? Well, maybe not the Red Roses trademark rolling laws that caused a huge shoot fingernails during the Rugby World Cup final against the Black Ferns last year. It's a chance for fans who missed out on the Black Ferns' charge towards host hoisting the World Cup to experience the electricity of the crowd and the game. The, the magnificence of the final, surrounded by people cheering on women, brought a tear to my eye last year. I felt the same while sitting in packed out stadiums during the FIFA Women's World Cup, who can forget the moment Hannah Wilkinson scored the tournament's first goal at Eden Park. Pure. These environments also felt safe. I felt safe walking around the venue and, okay, blah, 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 no one really cares about that. Um, but yeah, so the WXD tournament, I will talk to you guys briefly about that because I am potentially doing a little bit of stuff with the Black Ferns. Um, but the WXD tournament, so there are three different tournaments. There's WXD 1, 2 and 3. WXD 1 has been hosted here in New Zealand across three different weekends starting I believe next weekend and then going to earlier November. Um, first weekend is in Wellington, second weekend is in Dunedin and third weekend is up here in Auckland. Um, new, the Black Ferns are obviously playing and then they've uh, f- uh, five other teams who they will, they will all play each other across the three different weekends, if that makes sense. Um, I believe the WXD tournaments were born 
from World Rugby to kind of bring more game time and game play for the women's teams, which is super exciting. But yeah, it will be really interesting to see how those inaugural WXD tournaments go. Um, moving on to netball, take five. The big questions facing the Silver Ferns ahead of Constellation Cup game two. Con- uh, Not many outside the Silver Ferns camp would have predicted an upset in the Constellation Cup opener. World Champions Australia showed why they are the benchmark in international netball, delivering a dominant 50 40 victory in Melbourne on Thursday. The Silver Ferns showed glimpses of what they could do that couldn't produce it consistently in a game they always trailed in. Coach Dame Nolene Todora will want a major step forward from her side in the second test in Brisbane on Sunday as they look to leave Australia level at one all in the series. Here's five key talking points ahead of game two. Uh, what needs to change for the black uh, for the ferns? Just how brilliant is Courtney Bruce? Will we see Grace Nowicki's return? Uh, what did the Ferns do well in game one and then any changes to the Ferns starting seven. I don't really follow netball too much if I'm being honest but I know there are a couple of people who are asking me to do uh, some content on the on the Silver Ferns so I thought I'd just chuck that in there. Um, next headline is Breakers blown away by Portland Trailblazers in NBA preseason game. Uh, after a promising start it all went downhill fast for the New Zealand Breakers as they slipped to a heavy 106-66 to defeat against the Portland Trailblazers in Oregon on Tuesday night. With new signing Anthony Lamb named on the bench for the first of their two NBA preseason games, the Breakers starting five of Pete Parker, Jackson Cartwright, Will McDowell, White, Tom Abercrombie, Zillin, Cheatham and Mangok Nutting got the visitors off to a flying start during a lively first quarter in which the lead changed hands several times. Lamb was introduced for his debut after just four minutes and the 1.98 metre American forward made an immediate impression assisting McDowell White for a floating jump shot that saw his new team edge 10-9 ahead at a stunned Lotus centre. That, that spurred a rusty looking Portland into action with centre DeAndre Ayton and shooting guard uh, Anthony Simon, Simon sorry, stepping up for the host while first round draft pick Scott Henderson struggled to find his range. Um... Moving on to some tennis. Canadian tennis star Felix Ogre Alison A signed for ASD Classic, which is super exciting. I love watching this guy play. Um, world number 15, Felix, is the latest to confirm he will play at New Zealand's ASD Classic. The 23-year-old Canadian star joins Cameron Norrie as the other men's player locked in for the Auckland AGP Tour in January, while Coco Goff and Caroline Wozniacki had already been announced to play the women's tournament. Um, Felix will be a new face for the classic and is someone which who's part of the new wave of talented and exciting young players to set to dominate the sport. I've heard a lot of good things about Auckland and New Zealand in general, like the beauty of the landscape and the country and how nice the people are as well, Felix said of his impending trip. I'm looking forward to seeing that and hopefully I can play well and win some matches in front of the fans. Tournament director Nicholas Lamperin said he's delighted to have been able to secure a player of Ogar. Alice Nay's quality. Um, and then I do just want to do one more for you guys. Um, this one is about Greg Murphy and Superhouse. Greg Murphy only now realises the significance of his 1999 Bathurst 1000 win. When Greg Murphy won the Bathurst 1000 with Stephen Richards in 1999, he didn't realise the significance of it from the New Zealand point of view. He does now. Murphy and Richards became the first all-Kiwi driving team to win the great race 23 years ago and they stood alone as the only partnership to do that until last Sunday when Shane Lingersberg 
Reagan and Richie Sanoway repeated the feat. Murphy won the Bathurst 1000 four times over his career, twice with Rick Kelly and once with Craig Lowndes, as well as his victory with Richards. While plenty in Australia regard him as one of their own, Richards was born in New Zealand as, and is the son of one of New Zealand's greatest ever drivers, Jim Richards. He moved to Australia at the age of three and although he speaks with a thick Australian accent, he's never forgotten where he comes from. However, he didn't earn his stripes driving in New Zealand like Van Gisbergen and Sanoway did, so he doesn't get the same acknowledgement on the side of the of the Tasman. All Murphy's Bathurst victories were special, but he said watching Van Gisbergen and Stanaway win this year made him realise the significance of the victory in 1999. Um, which is just like so cool. Yeah, like I said, I can't believe we've got to wait another 365 days for supercars Bathurst to be back on um that I know the Gold Coast 500 is in a couple of weeks so maybe that'll make me feel better <laughs> I don't know um but let's move on to the Rugby World Cup semi-final previews um semi-final one with obviously got All Blacks in Argentina I I don't want to sound <laughs> I don't know I don't want to sound like not cocky because I don't think it sounds cocky but I just don't want to sound like I know exactly what's going to happen but you'd like to think that All Blacks can win that one against Argentina I think we would be kidding ourselves if we said that it was going to be an easy game I don't think it would be an easy game but I do think um as history kind of has shown us that we can we can eat eat (laughs) we can beat Argentina um dominantly but we'll see because I think it I think everything changes when it comes to Rugby World Cup final playoffs. I think anything can happen. Um you never know what can happen. Um we could get three yellow cards all at the same time and then shit will really hit the fan. Touch wood, touch wood that that doesn't happen. I can't believe those words just came out of my mouth. But you just never know what can happen. Thing people get nervous, shit happens and you just never know that um You'd like, yeah, I just, I'm really backing New Zealand in this um, semi-final. Then we've either got, Eng- we've got England versus either France or um, uh, South Africa. Let me quickly see if there's an update on that match currently. Um, yeah, the score is still 25-19 to France. And they're in the 64th minute at the moment. So, crazy but yeah so England are either going to be versing France or South Africa I you just never know with England but I do have a feeling that maybe France or South Africa could definitely beat England only because England haven't been playing that well and they haven't been too strong although they did make it to the semis so (laughs) there's that but you just never know but yeah I think um excuse me sorry I think with that, um, France and, uh, sorry, the New Zealand-Argentina game, I do see New Zealand winning that, but we'll just see, we'll just see what happens, we can't know until it's over, so yeah, we'll see, um, that kind of wraps everything up for this episode, I do quickly want to talk about just the next couple of episodes and kind of what I see this podcast being moving forward so obviously the rugby world cup we've still got the rugby world cup going on we've got semis next weekend and then uh this coming weekend sorry and then the finals the next weekend and then that's all over so i think for the next two episodes i want to keep it solely based on the rugby world cup um i'm thinking about doing after the finals weekend i might do like an episode 
episode solely recapping the World Cup, doing like a maybe like who are the winners, who are the losers of this 2023 Rugby World Cup, something along those lines. So that's like the next three episodes. And then after that, I want it to solely be like a interview style podcast where I interview different players or coaches or people in the rugby and NRL space. Um, I say NRL because tomorrow I am interviewing Vic Cleary and for those of you who don't know, Vic Cleary is the wife of Ivan Cleary who is head coach of the Penrith Panthers and uh, the mother of Nathan Cleary who is one of the star players for the Penrith Panthers and arguably in the NRL. So I might actually clip this up and chuck it up on TikTok. So if you guys have any questions for Beck uh, for the interview tomorrow, then let me know in the comments uh, and I can definitely ask her because I know it will be a great chat. But yeah, moving forward, I do want this, um, I want this podcast to be a platform where I can have my own little media outlet and bring inclusion into rugby and the NRL. I think that's really important for me and that's kind of where I see this, uh, I guess, podcast going. And then I also want it to be a safe space for people as in athletes and coaches to feel like they can talk openly about things that maybe others don't really tend to ask them, which I think is important. So that's kind of where I see the podcast going but um yeah thank you as always for being here guys I really appreciate it I'm really excited for where we're gonna take this podcast I think there are gonna be some really exciting opportunities coming in the near future so I can't wait to have you all um on board for that if you're watching on YouTube make sure you hit that subscribe button let me know what you thought of the episode in the comments below I love talking to you guys in the comments I always have the best conversations with you guys in the comments if you're listening on any audio platform make sure you hit the follow button make sure you leave a um, review and give me some stars doesn't have to be five if you don't think it's five but whatever you say say it with your chest um but yeah just thank you all so much for being here the support is amazing i'm very grateful and yeah that's episode eight over now make sure you uh are kind to yourselves be kind to others take care of yourselves and i will see you back here for episode nine next week have a great rest of the week guys and i'll see you back here soon peace